are listening to WRBH, Reading Radio for the Blind. This is the Public Affairs Show. I'm Carla Redondo, former chief meteorologist of Channel 4. I am visually impaired. I have retinitis pigmentosa, and I walk with a white cane. On today's episode of the Public Affairs Show, a very interesting nonprofit. What they do and what they provide is uh, pretty cool, and I wanted everyone to uh, hear about it. So with me today is David Melanson with Toolbank. David, thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for having me, Carl. I appreciate it. First, David, before we get into the uh, meat and potatoes of this, uh, tell everyone about yourself, your little bio, where you're from, where you, you know, what school you went to, any family you want to share information. So, Well, I was born and raised in Thibodeau, Louisiana. Um, I lived in Thibodeau till I was about 18. I moved to New Orleans uh, soon thereafter. I was one of the the Riverwalk players, when there was an entertainment company at the Riverwalk. So I was a singer, dancer, actor there. Uh, moved from there to uh, St. Louis to do the same thing. Uh, moved on from there to San Francisco to um, work in the theater in San Francisco. Um, from San Francisco, I did a brief stint uh, in New York, and then I found myself going to um, Orlando. And yes, I worked for the mouse. The mouse was my boss. Uh, and I worked in the in the resort division, and then I came back to uh, to Alexandria, and I was in Alexandria for about eighteen years. Uh, my wife and I raised uh, four boys there. They were my wife's uh, children. My wife and I knew each other when we were in high school, and we both uh, lost track with each other after high school. Um, we went off and married other folks. Uh, she had four kids. I didn't have any kids. And fate just brought us back together. And after uh, 18 years apart, we started dating and married. And uh, I was fortunate to be able to raise um, her four boys, help in raising her four four boys. Um, My youngest child, uh, when he was in middle school, and he's now in college, 22, he brought home his best friend. And his best friend happened to be a young man who was brought over to the United States and was undocumented. And so my wife and I talked to him and decided with his encouragement, hey, we're going to go through the immigration process and, and help him get uh, his, his green card because we saw something incredible in this young man. And now he is our fifth child, and he is also 22, studying at Louisiana Tech. So I have him from 29 all the way down to 22, with one uh, 18-month-old grandbaby who we are loving and spoiling. Um, I live in Thibodeau still. Um, I moved back. When I moved back to this area, it was post-Hurricane Ida. It's probably about a week after Hurricane Ida. And yes, I guess I am crazy because a lot of people moved out after Ida. I moved in after Ida. I came because I was asked by the uh, Catholic bishop of the Diocese of Alexandria if I would come and volunteer in the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau because it was so badly impacted. And what I thought was two weeks turned into a six-week contract, which turned into two years of working for Catholic charities in emergency preparedness in the Diocese uh, of Homa Thibodeau. We decided to locate in Thibodeau since I was from Thibodeau which has been a unique experience coming back. I left as an 18-year-old. I come back as a 56-year-old man, and things have, you know, they changed tremendously. Um, But it's great to be back home. It's great to, you know, to be back in the the South. 
Um, and I, I work in New Orleans. I commute back and forth to New Orleans. I've lived in New Orleans multiple times. And uh, I love this city, and I love the people of this city and the organizations of this city. And that's why I'm so committed to doing what I'm doing with, with Toolbank. I can I can agree with you there because I moved here 32 years ago thinking I was going to stay two years, and here I am 32 years later. I call myself a local, you know, being here 32 years. Okay, you mentioned Tool Bank. So tell everyone what Tool Bank is and what they're about. So the New Orleans Tool Bank is a nonprofit agency, and we serve community-based organizations by providing tools, uh, equipment, and expertise to really let them accomplish their most ambitious goals. Um, we, we equip people, anybody with service or charitable intent, to work on the front lines of what's going in our community, the problems that we find in our community, by providing equal access uh, to tools. We have a signature tool lending model that's been uh, proven across the country. Um, and with that, we try to disrupt the cycle of what I call the inadequate distribution of wealth by sharing resources with qualified community organizations. Um, we also eliminate the cost barriers by allowing our member agencies to borrow tools instead of purchasing them, which ultimately saves funds that can then be utilized to support their missions. Um, it, it's in providing that equality for those who traditionally lack access or face barriers to resources that others uh, readily have available, um, that really kind of separates us from, from other, other folks. And our goal is to be the premier tool lending um, organization across the United States. Uh, it, it's not only just happening here in New Orleans, it's happening in other cities across the United States as well. Um, give the contact information um, as before we go on any further. How did someone reach you at Toolbank or reach Toolbank and uh, give any kind of contact information you want? So the easiest way to reach me um, is by cell phone, and that's 504-484-9419. Let me repeat that. It's 504-484-9419. Now, if you would like to send me an email, it's pretty simple. It's david.melancon, that's M-E-L-A-N-C-O-N, at toolbank.org. And you can also check out our website at www.toolbank.org. Now, what kind of tools are we talking about? Just small tools, big tools, heavy equipment? Uh, give a description of the tools available. Well, you know what? We have tools um, for construction, demolition, landscaping, and cleaning. And, the, and the, the unique thing about Tool Bank is that we provide the tools, we store the tools, and we repair the tools uh, and equipment that we, that we loan out. Um, you're right. It's, it's hand tools, um, hammers, tape measures, screwdrivers, pliers, um, paint, ro- you know, paint roller frames. It's power tools. Uh, we have drills, impact drivers, circular saws, reciprocating saws, um, all battery powered because we also work in the disaster realm. And so we, we don't want tools to, uh, you know, to depend on electricity all the time. Uh, landscaping tools. 
Um, we have a lot of cleanups that are going on right now um, throughout the city since it's fall and the weather is beautiful. Um, so we loan out leaf rakes, bow rakes, uh, shovels, pitchforks, cultivators, string trimmers, hedge clippers. And then for cleaning, um, we have push brooms, household brooms, scrub brushes, um, even have power washers. Uh, people come to us for chainsaws, ladders, wheelbarrows, uh, pop-up tents, tables, and chairs. And I can't forget uh, safety gear because everybody who works, we want them working safely. And so we have uh, ear protection, safety glasses, hard hats, the high-visibility vests, and even some safety cones. And you're saying this is no charge uh, at this point for people to get these tools and, and use them, right? So currently, that's right. We, we are not charging handling fees on our tools. Now, that's going to change probably in the first quarter uh, of next year. Um, we're going to begin to charge handling fees for our tools. But even that shouldn't, uh, you know, it shouldn't be a concern for folks because we're talking really low-cost handling fees, 3% of the retail value of the tool. And the example I like to use is you can go to Home Depot and you can buy a shovel, one shovel for 20 bucks, or you can come to the tool bank and you can bring us 20 bucks and we'll give you 33 shovels because one shovel rents for 66 cents per week. So it really is a force multiplier. I recently did uh, a project with Inclusive Care, which is a nonprofit organization here in New Orleans that provides uh, medical, dental, um, pharmacy services um, to anyone. It doesn't matter what your insurance is. They provide uh, health services for them. And they opened a brand new uh, early childhood development uh, center, and they were installing a playground in the back of this center. And they partnered with another nonprofit called Kaboom. Kaboom provides playground equipment for uh, lower-income uh, beneficiaries, and they partnered with Hancock Whitney, who had not only um, you know financial investment in it, but also a team of I think seventy volunteers that came out. The part they didn't have was all the tools that were needed to be able to make this playground bill happen. So Kaboom actually told told them about Tool Bank. They came to Tool Bank, ordered all the tools. In the end, they had $6,500 worth of tools. The retail value, if they had to go buy everything, was $6,500. If we were charging a handling fee, it would have been $198 for them to rent it for a week. And right now, we have no handling fees, so they got it completely at no cost. Wow. Talk about now, if somebody's interested, how do they go about applying or what's the process they have to go to to get tools for whatever they need to do? So to borrow tools, it's really simple. Um, you have to be um, some sort of organization that has charitable intent. And what I mean by that is um, you're willing to do good for, for other folks. And it's a group or organization. We don't loan tools to individuals. So that can be a nonprofit organization, a charitable organization, community groups, uh, faith-based groups, schools, universities, um, even neighborhood associations. We're doing a great partnership right now with the offer, the um, Mayor's Office of Neighborhood Engagement, 
where we are interfacing with neighborhoods that just received a neighborhood improvement grant. And they are able to come to us and borrow tools so that that grant can be stretched ever, you know, ever more so that they can apply it to whatever project they're doing and not to the tools. So neighborhood associations, people who are just looking to transform their communities. So to answer your question, to borrow tools, you go on our website, which again is uh, www.toolbank.org. And you can go to the top of the page and it'll say borrow tools. You click on that drop down menu to navigate to what's called the first time borrowers link. Now you're going to have to associate yourself with a, uh, a tool bank hub. That would be New Orleans for all the listeners. And then you complete a simple online membership application. It basically asks for demographic data, um, the the contact person who we're going to reach out to, um, some email addresses, your website, your Facebook account, uh, any kind of social media that you have, um, what these tools are, are being used for, what kind of group um, will you be working with, pretty simple information. So you complete that application, and upon completing it, you'll get two emails back. One will be a welcome email and the other one will be instructions on how to set up uh, your password and log in to what we call TOM, our tool order management system. Um, once you get that process going, you can go back to toolbank.org. You go to the same menu. You go to member agency login. Now you can log in and you can place a tool order. You mentioned that New Orleans is a hub. How did New Orleans become a hub, and what other hubs are there in other parts of the country? Well, that's that's actually interesting um, for this reason. Um, in New Orleans, it, it turned out that it was after Hurricane Ida. And I guess the best way for me to explain it is there is – Within our organization of Toolbank, there is an overarching organization called Toolbank USA. That is a nonprofit in and of itself. And under Toolbank USA, there are two divisions, one that I call the Gray Sky Division and one that's the Blue Sky Division. Gray Skies, for those of us who work in disaster relief, is literally at the time of a disaster. Blue Skies is everything is, everything is fine. There, there are... Uh, no complications that are going on, and we have beautiful weather. So in gray skies, Toolbank Disaster Services provides tools for organizations that are involved in the response or the cleanup efforts. And those tools are always provided at no cost. There is never a cost for organizations that are responding to a disaster, whether that's in immediate response or long-term recovery. Um, we don't charge tool. We don't charge any handling fees for those tools. Then the blue sky model is what we call our affiliate model, and our affiliates associate themselves with Toolbank USA. In that, Toolbank USA protects the brand, gives them best practices. Um, it's a, it's a cohesive kind of binder of all of the tool banks, but each tool bank operates independent of the other. So they take on their own local board of directors. They do their own local uh, fundraising. Um, and we are moving from 
a disaster services model here in New Orleans to an affiliate model. But the disaster services branch ended up here as a result of Hurricane Ida. Um, Days after Ida's landfall, we opened up operations in Homa, and we were providing mainly um, route clearing and debris removal tools. Um, One of the things that we do when we go into an area after a disaster is that we we start canvassing the area and we start looking for opportunities and organizations that are working um, to to clear debris, to uh, make repairs, uh, to do demolition of um, of structures, you know, complete demo, demolition. Um, and we find those organizations to be able to use our tools. And again, it's always at no cost. And I can tell you that Tool Bank Disaster Service has collaborated with countless national, state, and local organizations. Now, specific to Ida, the response phase continued for about six months after Ida. And we worked in uh, Terrebonne Parish, Lafouche Parish, St. Charles, Jefferson, Orleans, uh, St. Bernard, and Plaquemines Parish. And during that time, we equipped over 1,800 volunteers that belonged to 17 community-based organizations They completed 533 projects, and the total of the tools borrowed in terms of retail price would be $1,850,000, and that all was provided at no cost to organizations. And then to transition from response to long-term recovery, we continue to provide uninterrupted services while we establish a warehouse in New Orleans. And that was really a strategic decision to to provide some long-term stability and greater access to tool bank resources across the region for community-based organizations, both that were responding to disasters and not responding to disasters. Um, So our presence has has become one where we now have a brick-and-mortar location in – in, in New Orleans, and we're loaning, we're still loaning tools to people who are who are responding uh, in long-term recovery. Um, I personally have, uh, personally meaning in New Orleans, I have two organizations that have trailers uh, full of tools, one that is working in Pointe-Chain uh, down in uh, Lafouche and Terrebonne Parish. They are um, rebuilding tribal homes down there and rebuilding homes of uh, shrimpers and crabbers down there. And then I also have a trailer load of tools in uh, on Grand Isle where they are basically doing the same thing. And interestingly enough, the, the kind of mobile idea um, took a little bit of time to, to get off the, get off the ground. And that was um, started, I guess way back um, in 2012, the thought first occurred to Tool Bank. Um, at the time, it was Tool Bank out of Atlanta. That was the only Tool Bank that existed was was the Tool Bank in Atlanta. And I'll talk a, a bit more about uh, how that was formed. Um, but they had tools available, and organizations reached out first in 2012 after Hurricane Sandy in New Jersey. And they needed assistance with tools. They were familiar with Tool Bank. 
The same thing happened in 2013 with the Norman, Oklahoma tornadoes. Uh, response organizations reached out again for tools from Toolbank. But we didn't have a way to efficiently get those tools to disaster sites from Atlanta. At the time, in order to establish a new tool bank somewhere, it would take two years because you had to go through the process of getting a warehouse and getting the tools there and finding somebody to work at uh, that location. Um, simultaneously, during those, uh, during those disasters, Stanley Black & Decker was giving away tools. They would send a truckload, a 53-foot tractor-trailer full of tools, and they wanted to respond, and they were doing the right thing by responding, but they would just give those tools away. And never did they know, were the tools going to people who actually needed them? Were they being resold? I mean, they had no idea. So they reached out to Toolbank and asked if they could partner with Toolbank since we already had this, this proving, proven tool lending system. And we've been told repeatedly by the disaster response professionals since that time that the lack of tools and equipment is what bottlenecks the ability to engage volunteers. There are always volunteers who are going to show up after a disaster. They don't always come with the right tools. And that's where we kind of bridge that gap. Toolbank Disaster Services bridges that gap. Um, in partner with Stanley Black & Decker and other organizations, the Atlanta Tool Bank purchased, of all things, an old NASCAR hauler that was available through a contact that they had. They gutted the thing completely out. They built shelves in it, and they loaded it down with tools. And in 2014, they traveled to Conway, Arkansas for the tornadoes there. And it's interesting. They went from 90 to not, I mean, from zero to, to, to 90 miles an hour. May 2014, they did the tornadoes in Conway, Arkansas. June 2014, they did the tornadoes in Pilger, Nebraska. August 2014, they did the, the Detroit floods, responded to all of those disasters. That was the first unit that we had. Now we've grown to 23 mobile units that can be deployed, deployed for response or long-term recovery or both all across the country. And like I said, I have them right now in in Point of Chant and, and uh, in Grand Isle. What other <clears throat> local disasters have we, you worked with here besides Ida? Well, we, we didn't really have a presence in, um, we didn't really have a presence in New Orleans prior to Ida. So Ida was our first kind of foray into uh, the Louisiana market. Um, there, there might have been some smaller hurricanes that, that we responded to, but Ida was certainly the benchmark um, that kept us here for well over six months and then developed this, this, um, this long-term disaster, um, tool bank disaster services site, and, and now transitioning that into an affiliate. How can just the regular person help tool bank? Is there anything they can do, volunteer, donations? What, what can... Uh, someone do to assist tool bank if they, they choose to and, and see it as what a worthy cause that it is. Can I check out, can I check the box all of the above? Cause I'll take all of those. Good. I'll take all of those. You'll take donated tools. It'll take donations, uh, volunteer work, everything. They can just go to toolbank.org to, to, uh, let you know, or. Well, um, one spreading the word, just telling people, telling your neighbors, you know, everybody belongs to, uh, 
a faith-based community or a civic organization, um, tell people that you know that this resource exists. Um, any opportunity for me to spread the word, I'd love to do it. I've talked uh, at church services and stuck around after service to show people tools. I've talked to rotary clubs, uh, um, schools, I mean, you name it. Uh, I'm a one-man show in New Orleans. So I am the marketing person. I am the fundraising person. I work in the warehouse. I fix the tools. I do all of those things. So, But spreading the word. Uh, donations, if it's individual donations, those are great. They can be foundation donations, businesses who want to align with our mission, um, tool donations. We do take tool no- donations. Um, so we're, we're more than happy to take those depending upon what condition they're in. And yes, you can go to our website, or if you want to donate financially, you can text TOOLS for change to 44321. That's TOOLS, the word for, and change. And that'll give you an opportunity to donate to the tool bank mission. And, you know, here in New Orleans, unfortunately, there's always another disaster around the corner, whether it's oil spills, hurricanes, flooding. So right. uh, this is a great organization that I know will do much more great work in the future because everybody needs that assistance, especially, as you mentioned, you have volunteers, but the tools are what's lacking. Right, right. So, David, anything else you want to say in the last couple of minutes we have? I just want to give folks, again, my contact information. That's the best way for you to reach me. Um, By cell phone is 504-484-9419 or by email, david.melanson at toolbank.org. Or you can always reach out to us at our website, toolbank.org. David, thanks for joining us. This was awesome when I heard about it. I said, okay, well, we have to talk about that is spread the word. So if you're listening, toolbank.org, uh, check it out. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your church organizations or any uh, nonprofits that you know of, because this will be uh, coming to great use because, you know, unfortunately, we'll need some kind of relief, some kind of cleanup efforts in the future. David, thank you again. Carl, thanks for having me. You've been listening to WRBH Reading Radio for the Blind. This has been the Public Affairs Show. I'm Carla Redondo. Thank you for listening.